Welcome to the Healthy, Wealthy, and Smart Podcast. Each week, we interview the best and brightest in physical therapy, wellness, and entrepreneurship. We give you cutting-edge information you need to live your best life, healthy, wealthy, and smart. The information in this podcast is for entertainment purposes only and should not be used as personalized medical advice. And now, here's your host, Dr. Karen Litzy. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. I am your host, Karen Litzy. I want to thank you all for joining us today. And again, if you haven't, then definitely subscribe to the podcast on any platform in which podcasts are streamed. So today's episode, we are talking about doing continuing education different. And my guests today are Dr. Jen Bell and Dr. Audrey Elias. They are co-founders of Trailhead Learning Collective. Audrey is a clinical faculty in the University of Montana School of Physical Therapy and Rehabilitative Sciences. She completed her DPT in 2009, did her residency with Therapeutic Associates in Washington State, and then completed her PhD in clinical biomechanics at the University of Montana in 2015. She then did a postdoc at the University of Gulf before returning to UMPT as clinical faculty, training entry-level students and residents in the DPT program and in the UMPT clinic. Her primary area of research involves how psychological factors play into movement, particularly following knee injury. Most importantly, she loves being outside, whether skiing, running, hiking, paddleboarding, or lounging around a campfire with her son and husband. Jen is the program director and clinical and Director of Clinical Education at UMPT. She completed PT school in 2006, then completed her COMT in 2012, and her PsyD from Texas Tech in 2013, all while treating patients in a variety of settings in rural Alaska. She has treated patients and taught in PT programs in virtually every setting all over the world, including Kenya, Ethiopia, and Malawi, and is an internationally recognized expert in interprofessional education and global health. She is also the co-primary investigator and team advisor for Montana Interprofessional Student Hotspotting, improving outcomes in underserved populations in rural Montana. Above all, she is always having a good time outside with family, friends, food, and an adventure, setting an example for her two young daughters. Together and through the values of adventure, growth, and authenticity, collaboration, and respect, Jen and Audrey are working to build a collective of compassionate, confident, critical thinkers who utilize best practices in their field. Now, like I said, they are the founders of Trailhead Learning Collective, and Jen and Audrey have a special offer for healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners. If you go to their website, which is on the podcast.healthywealthy.smart page, and you want to check out their next learning opportunity, then you get 10% off because you're a listener of this podcast. So if you go to trailheadlearn.com or go to the podcast website, and when you apply, to be part of their next learning opportunity and mention this podcast, you'll get 10% off. So a big thank you to Jen and Audrey for that. And in the meantime, everyone, enjoy today's episode. Hello, Jen and Audrey. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today to talk about the innovative way you guys are doing continuing education courses. So doing Con Ed differently, and I love it. But before we get into that, 
Jen, why don't we start with you? Say a little bit about yourself so the viewers know, or the viewers, the listeners know who's who. <laughs> yeah, it sounds great. So I'm Jen Bell, and I'm the program director and the director of clinical education at the University of Montana's physical therapy program. I've been at UM for nine years. I'm um, just going in to start my 10th year there, um, which is wild to think I've been doing this for almost a decade. And prior to moving to Montana, I was in rural uh, clinical practice in Alaska. And so I lived in a town of 2,500 people at the end of the road, a four bed hospital. Um, so got to kind of treat whatever walked in the door. Um, it was a really great opportunity. And during that time, I was working on my doctorate of science through Texas Tech University Health Sciences Center. Um, so, so yeah, it's all about me. Excellent. Audrey, go ahead. A little bit more about yourself. Thanks, Karen. Um, so I'm Audrey Elias. I am also at the University of Montana. I'm clinical faculty there. Um, I treat patients in the clinic, but most of my time is um, actually treating patients with students. So I'm a preceptor in our integrated clinical education program. And then I also teach in the DPT program as well. Um, I did my PhD at the University of Montana. I did my DPT at the University of Montana. Um, uh, so I pretty much have been in Montana for a very long time, but I also practiced in Washington, um, in the far West on the Olympic Peninsula in rural areas where we saw lots of different folk. Um, yeah. And then Jen and I are also co-founders of Trailhead Learning Collective. Um, so we're heavy, heavy University of Montana, but um, we're also doing this other thing. And we are going to talk about that today. But before we get into that, let's talk about the why behind it. So what has your clinical education or continuing clinical education been like in the past where you thought, you know, this, I'm not connecting with this and I need to do something different. So talk a little bit about your journeys. And you go ahead. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Karen, that's a great question. Kind of what informed us to, to get to this place where we decided to found Trailhead Learning Collective. Um, you know, I've done, I've been in clinical practice and a PT for 15 years, and I've done everything from going to CSM with 17,000 of my closest friends to um, education leadership conference with the APTA Academy of Education um, to, you know, the, the, um, weekend course that someone brings into their clinic. And what I find oftentimes is that I'm in these courses and, um, you know, I'm, I'm finding myself kind of not super engaged with the learning. There's a lot of lecture um, and, you know, sitting around going from being in a really active profession where I'm doing everything from crawling around on the ground with my patients to um, helping them stand up and walk to sitting oftentimes at a plant um, in a clinic all weekend long um, being lectured to. And so I was really looking for something different from that. Audrey, what's your experience been? Well, I did my orthopedic residency right out of school and in private practice with therapeutic associates um, in Port Angeles, Washington. And I averaged one three-day weekend of Con Ed a month for almost a year and a half. Um, and I hosted those courses. I got the bagels. I got the coffee. 
Um, I made sure the bathrooms were clean. I did, <laughs> I did all of that. Um, so I've done a lot of that. Um, and I, then I did my PhD and went to CSM with 17,000 of my closest friends over and over and over again. Um, I've done like every kind of con ed you can imagine. I've done, you know, 45 minute online things through Harkness School um, for Dance Injury. Um, I've done um, level one pelvic floor and, you know, they got real intimate with um, 15 brand new people. And to be, so to be my authentic self here, I will fall asleep if I am sitting down for more than 20 minutes. Um, and I will not remember a single thing anyone tells me if I'm being lectured at, if I'm not actively engaged in it. I fell asleep in my first class in undergrad. I, I, it's just how I work. So I have to have really engaging um, con ed, you know, if I'm gonna learn anything, Otherwise I do it all on my own afterward, right? So I'll go to 18 hours on a weekend where I don't get to go on my run. I don't get to spend time with my family. I have a 10 year old now. I don't get to do these other things that I wanted to do. And then I would have to go home and I would have to review it all on the treadmill because now I'm moving, I'm doing stuff and then I can actually learn um, or I'd have to like go for a run with Jen and tell her all about <laughs> what we just did in order for me to actually process. Um, and I just thought to myself, you know, I want something different. I want, I want to use this. I want to use this information immediately. And I also think um, doing my PhD we did, I did a randomized clinical trial, um, post-ACL reconstruction stuff, and just trying to get, help people understand how to use that. Um, I can't just tell them, it does not work. It doesn't work. Um, I, we have to do it. We have to not just show, we have to do and work together on it. Um, so yeah, I think it's just a long time of realizing that there's a place and a time for everything, and but there but there needs to be this thing as well that can serve people like me. And you know, you kind of described what a lot of continuing education courses are in the PT world, where you go, you sit at a plinth, you're taking notes, maybe you get a stretch break, you have like some sort of pastry and coffee, and the question I always had with those in particular is what if it's not your learning style? What if you need a little something different, like something that involves more demonstration, more movement, more getting up, more um, just a different style of learning? So what have, have you seen with the current state of continuing education? And do you feel like we're really maximizing professional development? Go ahead, Jen. Oh, Audrey, go ahead. Oh, um, well, I feel like what's really interesting is that in that physical therapists are super committed to learning, um, just in general. I was actually, so we're both 
huge nerds. Um, so I was doing quite a lot of literature search on this. And if I was trying to write an abstract for CSM, I wouldn't be able to, because you have to have at least five papers within the last five or seven years or something. And there just aren't any, there's no literature on what's going on um, with Con Ed currently. There's a paper just this year, um, about so in the PT in PTJ with continuing education courses for orthopedic and sports PTs in the US often lack supporting evidence. And so they went through and reviewed available intervention courses. It's a great paper. Um, but there was one by Adrian Lowe this year looking at the impact of a three hour um, PME course on low back pain and how people did. It was, it was pretty good. It was really interesting. Um, but otherwise, uh, the next paper is 15 years ago that I can find. So we don't really know what's going in the form of knowing that I'm familiar with. We don't really know. In terms of my anecdotal experience, um, the, the learning environments that I have experienced are not really set up to maximize learning based on pedagogical evidence. So we know that um, active learning is important um, and it just, it makes it like, it's really, really hard. We just don't see a ton of that. And I think what happens is that then we get where Con Ed becomes like a chore, right? It's a box you have to pick. I gotta get in Montana, I have to have 20 hours every two years. So I think 30, 30, whatever it is, I have to have it and I have to go and check in order to check and tick that box. And um, I think it ends up becoming problematic on a lot of different levels. Um, yeah, uh, I don't know if I answered that question completely. I think so. Jen, do you need to fill in any blanks there? Yeah, well, you know, I think what Audrey was hitting on thinking about um, in our continuing education courses, we can bring in the pedagogical research, just like we bring in the physical therapy research. And so, you know, we do this a lot in our entry-level program. We're thinking about what are the best ways that adults learn? How can we convey this information in a way <clears throat> that's effective, that's going to address our learning outcomes, not just our patient outcomes? And so, you know, that's really one of the things that Audrey and I um, or looking to bring to our Trailhead Learning Collective um, courses and retreats is bringing in the research on active learning and teaching adult learners. And so bringing that in, you know, really minimizing the amount of lecture that we do, engaging in active learning techniques, um, whether it's going through cases together, um, having discussions, you know, putting up big whiteboards and doing some, you know, um, throwing out ideas and looking at other people's ideas, you know, that way really um, kind of shifting the paradigm from being teacher centered to being learner centered. So, you know, when you're in that lecture based course, it's about this expert that's standing in front of you talking and conveying to you what you should be doing in clinical practice. We're really trying to flip that and bringing all of these learners together, oftentimes have you know, decades of clinical practice have all of these pearls, all of this knowledge and asking them to share it with one another. And we'll bring in the evidence on, you know, the, the content that we're teaching on. Um, but 
but really not bringing a group of people together that have years of clinical practice and have learned a lot and asking them to not talk to one another and just listen to what an expert says. So really trying to kind of flip that model and really focusing in on the learner experience and learner engagement. Right. And that kind of leads me to uh, the next question. What a perfect transition is, you know, going from a traditional model, which can be effective in getting information from me, the teacher to you, the student, but is it effective when it comes to information processing, integration into clinical life? So can you kind of talk about the, those concepts as perhaps not being equal and not being the same? And how can we get better integration of information? Yeah, Karen, you make a great point. You know, lecture is a really effective way to just transfer knowledge. Um, but that piece of integrating it and making changes is where we see that active learning tends to be more effective. Um, you know, like Audrey said, there's really not great evidence about, you know, do continuing education courses impact and change how people engage in clinical practice? Um, we hope and we believe that, you know, if we can effectively teach you something, then you'll use that information. So that's like, a, that's a gap in the research. But we do know that um, active learning techniques improve retention and um, kind of consolidation of information um, and kind of sinking that information deeper into our longer term memory. Um, so that's why we use active learning techniques. There's also some really cool, um, you know, early research coming out on looking at the impact of exercise, of aerobic exercise um, on learning. And so um, Bloomstrand and Inkoval in 2020 published a study and they looked at a single bout of aerobic exercise. And what they found um, is that it improves attention, concentration, and learning and memory functions in young adults. And so there's some studies like that coming out showing that if we can incorporate this component of physical activity with our learning, either right before, during, or after, there's some different studies looking at the different benefits of those, um, then we can improve learning and retention as well. And can you give some examples of active learning techniques? Because we've said that a couple of times and I can just picture people being like, okay, that's cool, but what, what does, does that, that mean? mean? <laughs> <laughs> it was so fun because I mean, we've both been teaching for so long, both, I will say we've taught both in um, the entry-level DPT program. And then we've also, we teach continuing ed courses before this as well. Um, and mostly in that lecture-based thing, we're like, oh, don't like to teach that either. Um, and I, I think um, we both were like, okay, we need to change this up. So um, we've gone to a um, week-long training on uh, for the National Institute of Scientific Teaching and just teaching how to teach in this way in the sciences. It's very, it's pretty easy to do in the humanities, but in the sciences, it can be very like, oh, I just need to get this information across, right? So in STEM fields, it's like, well, I just need to know how to pipette or whatever in chemistry. Um, so there are lots of different ways. So we can do like gallery walks, put up things with small groups, 
Um, they process the information, put up different ways and how they would do it around the room, the rest of the, and then the entire group walks around the process. We can do um, two to one um, activities, give a prompt. Everyone has a minute maybe to think on their own individually, maybe write something down. There is that reflective um, cognitive process that comes from actively handwriting something down that there are mental changes. So they have to write it down, turn to their neighbor, talk about the individual thing, and then come back in a larger group and, and everybody has to go around and say what their partner did and pros and cons thereof. Um, so lots of discussion, obviously. Um, what were, Jen, you had a really good one um, that you were doing. Well, one of the ones that I do um, with some of my classes is that I, when I start to teach about a new topic, the first thing I do is kind of the same scenario that Audrey just talked about, kind of the think by myself, think with a partner and think with a group. Um, but I, I prompt the group and the learners to think about what it is you need to know about this topic. So based off of your experiences you've had so far, kind of brainstorm, what are the things that you need to know? So we're really priming them to, you know, what is it that I do know? What is it that I don't know? What are things that, what are those um, maybe when we share out to the group, then people are going to identify those unknown unknowns that they didn't know they needed to know. Um, and so we can kind of start off by kind of forming a list of everything we're going to need to go through and talk about. It's great for me because then I can be like, oh, I need to make sure that we, you know, dig into this some more. And, and then at the end, we can go back through that list and be like, did we, do we know everything we needed to know going into this? And so oftentimes, um, you know, instead of just starting off with me, like, hi, welcome. And then I start lecturing. Why don't we start with you kind of digging into what it is that you want to learn about a topic um, and going from there? Yeah, I love that. That's very similar to a course that I took last year through Goldman Sachs called the Goldman Sachs 10K SB program, which is 10,000 small business program. And it is exactly what you just described. We would get the information we would, they would give us prompts to do ourselves. We'd have a paired partner where we would talk about them. Then we go into the larger group and talk about what our partners did. And the partners mm -hmm. would talk about what we did. And it was really, really helpful. And that's the first time I've experienced that. I've never experienced that at a continuing education course. So it, and it, it, it really like when you're done, you're like, oh, I, yeah, I know this. I, I understand yeah. it. I get the concepts. It's like rooted in there because you had so many conversations about it with one-on-one -on -one, with your instructor and with the group. I think physical therapy can be so, we are so busy, right? Um, seeing 12 to 20 people a day. Sometimes you have to be going. I know. And um, getting your documentation done, all of this stuff, it, it's rote. You're just going. Boom, 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 boom. And so going to a con ed course and learning a clinical pearl for five minutes, and maybe you even talk briefly with your buddy about how you might use that. The sad fact is that on Monday, when you go in your brain, you are going to drop down into habitual levels. You just are, especially if you've been in practice for more than six months. And um, it takes a lot of energy to, to, in the moment, reflect back on what you 
did and saw and actually incorporate it deeply into your body. But with these techniques, we can get at least a tiny little tendril of a root, right? And hopefully that can grow um, and root a little deeper so that um, we see more change in how we're actually working, how we're actually treating patients. And does uh, it, it sounds like we're becoming a little too robotic a little too robotic, maybe in work, a little too robotic in continuing ed, you know, like you're okay. I have to go. I'm going to sit, I'm going to listen to these lectures. I'm going to get through it. I'm going to get my CEUs and then I'm going to do this on Monday. And then it just doesn't happen. So then what, ha what happens to that continuing education? Does it just fall out of your head? Like what, what happens? Well, how many times have you take learned anatomy of the hip? Every single continuing education course, you teach right. anatomy of the hip. I have taught, I've learned it. I've taught it many, many times. And every single time I forget it. And, and I need that review because those things do drop out of our heads so quickly. And it's not bad. It's not saying that we're wrong or awful. That is normal. That is being a human. <laughs> we can't get away from it. One of the things that we try to do with um, these opportunities to really engage with the different people that are there in this, in this group with you learning together um, is give you the opportunity to take that, that new knowledge or maybe that review of knowledge you've learned before and take it and look at it a different way and um, think about how you know, the person you're working with is going to use that in their practice and then really work as a team to think about how can I take this knowledge in, on Monday in my setting, I mean, you know, here in Montana, I have clinicians that are going back to, you know, two dot Montana and are practicing and the next PT is hundred miles away. So how can they incorporate that into their clinical practice versus the clinician, you know, that's in a sports specialized clinic in Bozeman, Montana. And so we really want to empower clinicians, not just to, to suck in all the information that we're giving to them, but actually really dig into the material and think about how they can use it. And so, you know, one of the things we're trying to do with our courses is challenge the assumption that in these 15 CEUs that you're going to earn, that we have to pack in as much material as possible. That's really not an assumption that we're working off of. So we're, we're, we're going to kind of switch that paradigm and say, instead of having this massive breadth of information, we're going to give you a smaller amount of information, but we're going to go a lot deeper and we're really going to dig into how you can use this in clinical practice. And so it, it's just a kind of a shift in that assumption. Yeah. And that leads me into the next question. Again, a great lead in <laughs> how is trailhead learning collective different? How are you set up differently? One of the things that we talked about a lot, um, and I, going back to when you said, it sounds like we're getting a little robotic. Um, I think one of our kind of prime values, our main values is authenticity and respect. And that's respecting everything from the land that we're on to the humans that we're working with. We are working with humans. Our patients are humans, but our, we as clinicians are human. And I think it's important to respect that like taking that much time away is hard. 
And um, burnout is very, very real and extremely prevalent. So one of the things that we are really wanting to do is make a trailhead learning retreat. Actually that, like it's a retreat. It is the time to rediscover joy (laughs) in physical therapy. It's a time to go to a cool place, have someone take care of you. So all inclusive, your housing's included. It's delightful. You're on a mountain or on a beach or wherever we happen to be in the desert. Um, In-house chef cooking your meals that are delicious and primed for you. Um, And having active learning where you're an active participant and feeling engaged and validated and real and also get to go out and adventure, like experience the place. Yeah, I've been to so many cool places for continuing education and ended up sitting in a a clinic or in a conference room for the entire day. And then in order to get any exercise at all, I just went for a run on the treadmill in the hotel and I didn't get to experience anything about that place. So um, I think one of the thing that is making Trailhead different is we're really trying to treat the learner as a whole human being and um, make this time worth it both personally and professionally. in kind of all of those different aspects. When we go for a cool trail run, we can make that happen and you can get 15 hours. You can tick that box for sure and we'll make it worth your time. And you get to be taken care of for a little while. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of when you see on social media, people saying, how come I didn't take Monday off of work after having this continuing ed course? It was too much and now I'm like totally burnt out. So it sounds like maybe this would, uh, quell that a little bit. And the other part I wanted to talk about is something that we spoke about before we went on, and that's making a connection with the people in the course with you. Because so often we go to these courses, maybe there's 20 people, maybe there's a hundred and you end up knowing no one when you leave. Right. So how, how are you addressing that? Yeah, Karen, that's a great point. I mean, I went to a continuing education course um, a few years ago in San Francisco and coming from, you know, at the time I was practicing in rural Alaska. And so I really would have loved to get to know more about like, what is clinical practice like in San Francisco compared to, you know, what I'm uh, navigating. And I left not knowing a single person. And, you know, part of that is on me. I didn't, you know, I I did the thing that a lot of us do at Con Ed courses. I sat at my spot on the plinth. I said some, you know, small talk at the coffee. Um, and so, you know, we're making a really deliberate effort. We're all in the same housing. We're sharing all of our me- meals together and we're engaging in physical activity together. In addition to the time that we're um, doing the, the active learning and, and getting those continuing ed um, credits done. And so really creating a space for um, folks to show up um, authentically. So I don't expect anyone to show up to our courses having had 100% success with every single patient they've ever treated. We want folks to show up and, um, you know, talk openly and honestly about the places that they struggle in their clinical practice and, um, you know, have those conversations and to have this network develop as we're in this space together. Um, the, the course that we're teaching in October is 
um, of course, prevention and wellness for the running athlete. And, um, you know, Audrey's going to start us off with some really great conversation about um, bias and how our beliefs about ourselves as runners impact how we believe and talk to our running athlete patients. And so, you know, being able to kind of explore those parts of ourselves and how they inform our clinical practice, or maybe um, at times potentially cloud our judgment, we can start to have those more intimate conversations as clinicians um, and people and start to build that network so that when you leave, you have this collective of physical therapists that you know that you've, you've created some bonds with. Yeah. So kind of being a little more social and, you know, off, it sounds to me like business retreats that I've gone on, you know, it, even if it's a one day mastermind, you leave <laughs> with these people who even after one day kind of stay with you because you've purposefully made those bonds. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's one of the things that, um, that the business world does really well is that if we're going to bring all these people together, we're going to, you know, put them in spaces um, and create opportunities for them to network on that deeper level. Um, and in physical therapy, we are so focused on getting our patients better. It all are, we're so focused on the patient that oftentimes the time, you know, when we gather for continuing education, we're not thinking about each other as clinicians. And, and like Azure said, those whole people that show up. And so that's one of the ways that we are approaching this differently. Yeah, it sounds, it sounds delightful. And now as we start to wrap things up, what do you want the listeners to take away? What are your big talking points? Or maybe there's only one, I don't know. But what do you want people to take away from how and why you're doing things differently? Um, I think one of the, one of the things that I want people to understand for themselves is that there is a time and place for everything. And sometimes you need that quick online um, 30 minutes learning about FAI or stroke or whatever, because you have a patient who's really like right then you need a little bit and you should get some credit for the work that you do in that moment. I think that's excellent. I really like the, um, you know, read for credit that JOSPT does. I had a paper that was a read for credit paper. And I was like, this is great. Somebody's going to like get value, monetary value from uh, reading my paper. That is excellent. Um, traditional lecture has its place. Um, but then I think it's fine. I think it's important for people to say, you know what, this is what I need. I I need this time and I'm okay with going and getting it. I deserve that. I am of value as well. And this is important. Um, so I, th I think, you know, valuing that kind of experience a little more. I want somebody to take that away. What about you, Jen? You know, I think that um, I, I have two small daughters and um, oftentimes with parenting, people say, you know, it's really important to take care of yourself. Um, so that you can better take care of your kids. And I think that we have to re remember that as clinicians. And so finding ways to um, really take care of ourselves as, as people and humans, as we're doing this continuing education, certainly there's those times where, like Audrey said, you need that quick con ed. Um, but there, there is an alternative way to get your continuing education done that also takes care of yourself. 
Yeah, I love it. I love the concept around it. Um, and I, I think you guys are going to be successful in this because it sounds like it's plugging a hole in the continuing education world that people really want. Um, and I also think it's outstanding that you are both been educators for close to a decade and you can bring <laughs> all of that to, um, to continuing education courses, uh, because I think that's really important. Now, let's talk about when the course is, where people can find it, social media, where can they find you? <laughs> Give us all the details. Yeah, so um, our upcoming course is October 7th, 8th, and 9th in Whitefish, Montana. Um, so as I said earlier, it's a course on prevention and wellness for the running athlete, and it's paired with guided trail running with our um, friends and partners with Alpine Running Guides. Um, so you can find information about our course um, and upcoming courses. We're about to announce um, a winter course that's snowshoeing, skiing, um, and biking, fat biking. Um, and that's all on our website, trailheadlearn.com. I wanted to say that um, we're going to do 10% off the first retreat for healthy, wealthy, and smart listeners. Just we, so the way we do it is we get your information and then um, call you. This is a very intimate environment. So we want to start off that way. So you would send us your information that you're interested in the course. We call you, we get everything. And at that point, just say that you heard about it from healthy, wealthy, and smart. The last question is what I ask everyone and knowing where you are now in your life and in your career, what advice would you give to your younger self and your younger self, let's say maybe right out of PT school? Uh, you know, the advice that I would give to my younger self um, is actually advice that I continue to give to my, I'm not going to say older self, but current self. Um, and we'll give to my future self. Um, you know, I read this great book um, by Adam Grant called Think Again. And in the book, he talks about, um, you know, really staying flexible in your thinking. And I think there's been a lot of times in my life that I've, um, you know, had a five-year plan and I'm going to stick to my five-year plan. And I think I would encourage my younger self to have um, maybe a very loose plan, but to not get too stuck on what the five-year plan is. There's certainly times in life where that five-year plan helps you stick it out, like when you're doing your doctorate of science. Um, but there's been so many opportunities that if I was, you know, had pigeonholed myself into that five-year plan, I would have missed them. Um, and so to remain flexible and um, keep watching for those varying opportunities. Yeah, I love it. Audrey, how about you? Um, I think I would give the same um, advice to myself now and that, that I did, uh, that I would give to my younger self as well. And it's advice that I give to my students. And that would be that it's all worth it. Like all of those experiences are things that you can draw on for your, uh, as you're talking to patients and um, as you're thinking critically, I teach clinical reasoning and all of those um, experiences give you some flexibility of thought and um, I think that's really important. So like going and just experimenting and being okay, like it's all right to um, go do different things that aren't exactly on your path. Excellent advice from both of you. And I do want to thank you so much for coming on the podcast and talking about doing continuing education different. 
with Trailhead Learning Collective. I think it's it sounds like a great opportunity, and I encourage all the listeners to check it out. We'll have links at the podcast, follow them on social media. Um, so thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of your fun stuff coming up. Thanks so much. Thanks for having us on, Karen. It's been great to chat with you. Yes. Awesome. Thanks so much. And everyone, thanks so much for listening. Have a great couple of days and stay healthy, wealthy, and smart. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to the podcast at podcast.healthywealthysmart.com. And don't forget to follow us on social media.